Hey, welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. I'm Eli. Hey, Brandon. What wow. you doing there? <laughs> Trying to share our feed here, but uh, I didn't realize my phone was viral. <laughs> so this is my buddy Eli here. Uh, hey. Eli told me a while ago that uh, he wanted to come on after Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out. And this was... Fuck, was this like three months ago that we talked about it? At least, it? yeah. It was around Christmas time, I feel like. Yeah, so of course we have them on, and uh, now I'm going to share your page, so I hope you're okay with everybody seeing you. Right <laughs> I might cut some of this out of the podcast. I don't know how interesting this is to anybody. <laughs> Brandon, how was, your, how was your day? You do anything exciting over the week? Uh, went fishing over the weekend and got it extremely frustrated. Why is that? What happened? Well, where we were fishing, there was like hundreds of fish like schooling around and watching the fish like actively avoid you. avoid your lure is just incredibly frustrating. And then like some other kids came and like as soon as they cast into the water, they started catching fish. Oh no! With like the exact same shit you're using. <laughs> so did you like? Were you like nice fish there? Why don't you get your own? The first two, I was just like mumbling under my breath. And I'm like, third one, I'm finally, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> just ready to smack a kid. Yeah. Um, He's a high school kid. I don't know if I could have taken him. I mean, <laughs> like a. Like At a this point, we, we have old man strength, and that's something we have to depend on in any dangerous situation. We can just start saying police and like they get nervous because <laughs> they know they'll never believe the kid, <laughs> especially at hell in a man. It's hell for kids here. Old age and treachery will win every day. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, I wanted to start out with something, I guess, slightly political, but um, so John Oliver was doing... Uh, I guess he kind of got famous on HBO talking about the FCC and, and uh, net neutrality about how Comcast and... Uh, so he got famous? Well, kind of. He, he I mean, not really. He got famous on The Daily Show, yeah. but his show like blew up on HBO and everything he did started to go viral after this. But he started to talk about how uh, net neutrality... Um, like Basically, Comcast and all the internet providers were basically... They were taking things that we're were going... Toll road, toll road for the for the internet. Yes, like yeah. Netflix was garbage in 2014 for streaming. Like I, we used to stream it, and it would just you would just see the the circular arrow over and over again, and it would just pause over it and just over pause again. Twenty five percent. It's that stupid twenty five percent every goddamn time. Yeah, and as soon as they went and ended that, like all of a sudden Netflix was working great, Hulu was working great, and all this stuff. Well. Uh, Trump appointed somebody who used to be a lawyer for Verizon, uh, who was part of the reason why that even came up in 2014 to begin with, because they were going to pass it so that they could do basically do tolls to people. And uh, it was going to be a no brainer in Congress. And then John Oliver did this piece on a show and it just fucking blew up. And all these people lodged complaints with the FCC. So uh, this lawyer is trying to get away with it again. And, it was it was interesting because they they had a complaint thing on the FCC page, but they made you jump through like twenty five hoops to even get to where you could <laughs> complain. 
So John Oliver puts up the saying that uh, basically a web page that's gofccyourself.com. <laughs> and if you go there, it takes you right to where you can do the complaint. You just uh, hit express. I think it's express as the button and then it's got the entire write up and everything. And it takes like 30 seconds to do one. So, uh, I did one last night, but I tried to do what if it. I'm, what if I'm for the toll roads? Like I want people to pay more. You could, I mean, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> forget everything I said. But anyway. I, I think it's important that, you know, there's, that we present an equal choice out there. Well, I e- mean, come on, don't be Trump. <laughs> okay. Either way, it's the same process. You just, uh, put she just in, you go there and you put in your comment. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, so when the last one came up, like Congress was going to pass it, it was a no brainer to them. And the next day it was dead when it hit the floor. Well, what's funny about that is he actually, so Trump made a big deal about the TPP, about how we're going to pull out of it. How is it an awful deal? And actually one of the huge reasons I hated the TPP was because it ended net neutrality. There was a big deal like where it was going to give corporations massive rights to uh, basically do whatever the fuck they wanted. And if you didn't like it, they gave them the same rights as countries. And so I thought the, the, the TPP was a terrible idea uh, until Trump thought it was uh, also a terrible idea. And then I rethought it. And I, I hate that I think that way, that I'm just kind of oppositional to whatever he thinks. But uh, But no, the net neutrality thing is awful. It's garbage. It's stupid to... We've been through the wild west of the internet. Like it's it's no longer a fun, free place to be. Now everything is. If you want anything good, you're going to have to pay. If you want Amazon, if you want Netflix, if you want Showtime, if you want Stars, or you can steal it and rack up all the the cease and desist letters from your I, ISP. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so no, if you if you want something good on the internet now, you basically have to pay for it. Yeah, and I could see it going down that route. Unfortunately, with with the ISPs, what you do. What did you do? (laughs) (laughs) We need to teach you how to use a phone, man. This is like three straight things. (laughs) Just let it go, man. Let it go. It's gone. Yeah. Um, So I guess my problem with the whole thing is that they're going to slow down shit. Like it's just, it's going to slow down so many things. And that like enrages me because they're already getting... Like, okay, here's the thing. A lot of this is them figuring out a way to get more money because their cable service is going away. Like, we've we've all been saying for I don't know how many years we're tired of paying for these giant packages and getting all these channels we don't want and having to pay. Like, like I like NBA TV, for example. For me to get NBA TV, I would have to add something like an extra $30 onto a standard cable package. But now already. with... Amazon, you know, you can just add on Crackle or or HBO right. or Showtime or whatever. So finally, we're at the point that we've actually wanted. Like, and so, finally, so now and that now they're going to be dick there, bags, yeah, and, they're like, well, you're still going to pay that thirty dollars anyway. <laughs> we're just going to do it because we're going to jack up the prices of those companies. Like, they're going to have to pay us to get a quicker road to make it worthwhile, and so we're still going to get the money. And that's what makes me mad. Is it feels like a giant step backwards to me. And uh, I I like the internet being equal and all those things. Like in, in terms of stealing things on the internet, like I get that. I'm not going to rail against any <laughs> of that stuff. But this is not cool. No. And no. and there, Netflix had like cut a deal with Comcast to make their speed faster. Like I guess like a handshake, but they were announcing it. And then when the net neutrality went through, they were like, uh, never mind. <laughs> and they didn't pay him anything. But uh, you know. 
like I would rather that companies pay that money for the original content that they've been producing rather than you know to to make it so that it looks as good as it should look you know without the company slowing that down and that that makes me mad like how long is it before they start slowing down Facebook so that Facebook Facebook will a, never be slowed down no, no absolutely not that is like they got too much money. Exactly, yeah. But, well, right, but they're going <laughs> to pay the money. Fact that, no, and no, then no. Our ads go through the roof on this thing. Like, there's already. I don't like the ads on Facebook already. Yeah, but the value of Facebook is not just the ads, but it's also like. I mean, how many studies have they done on how they can affect people who use Facebook, especially like middle schoolers that age? They're found they're very, very uh, manipulatable. Mm-hmm. Facebook in itself is not just uh, excellent for ad revenue, but also for generally being able to affect the mood of a, of a large population of people. Not not hugely, but they're able to nudge it. Anything that's on the, maybe on the edge, they might be able to move it a few steps further and, and reach a tipping point. So that makes Facebook an incredible... They're going to make so much money off of any company that wants any kind of general effect, any kind of push. It's, Facebook itself is the best <laughs> advertising thing in the world, not just because of its pop-ups, but because right. of its ability to manipulate. Yeah, I would just, say it's number two. What's number one? Google. I would absolutely agree with you. <laughs> but like how long how long before they start saying like, hey, if you want this faster speed internet, which is like the same internet, but we right, just right. pull a switch, <laughs> uh, pay this extra $30 a month. Now with sparkles. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you can watch your porn with clarity. <laughs> like, mm. I don't I don't. I prefer this. 480. 480. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the 720 is too yeah. much. <laughs> Don't want the I can't afford picture. that high class for many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, so when John Oliver talked about this on his show, like I went to go on the FCC page and it fucking crashed. Right. Like, oh, I it, got the internet hug of death. Yes, it got the internet <laughs> hug of death. And then I tried the next morning and it still didn't work. And I tried it a couple of times. And it was finally last night I was able to. to pay something so apparently people are bitching <laughs> right right i don't know if it's gonna make a difference but i really hope it makes a difference because this is just on the fcc at this point this is not i know this is really Congress. petty of me i just really hate that it's john oliver making a difference what what's your thing with john look oliver? At his face <laughs> okay, that look stupid his... face <laughs> it's just, just english it. dude I... no it's something more <laughs> i don't know it's I, he does so many good things, and I hate him worse every time for it. It's just, look at the snide little shitty. I, I don't know. I don't know. And no, I'm glad he's, I'm glad somebody's spearheading this, this movement, but uh, oh, I hate that guy. How do you feel about Trump's small hands? Because I feel like that was also like a John Oliver thing, like really called attention to it, and then it became a huge thing. I, I can't say i have an opinion either which way about trump's small hands i'm, I'm pretty yeah. grateful to at this moment be the first moment that i've ever thought about it i just like it because i know i just know like personally there's something i could say to rattle him should i ever <laughs> meet him like if i really wanted to do it you, I would just you go like, in I would, for the handshake like oh small hands no 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 go in for the handshake <laughs> and then just run your hands through his hair and that's that's how you get shot, number one. But it will rattle him. I guarantee it will rattle him. <laughs> Have you heard about uh, about the whole thing with uh, like the prime minister in Canada? He was like studying Trump's handshake because he does this. Power oh my god, he's got thing. the worst he, fucking handshake on the planet. Yeah, he like pulls. But Trudeau in like and like countered it. 
Like a, it was yeah. like a karate move that he countered with. <laughs> and he like threw Trump off balance. Like literally threw him off balance with his handshake. It was He's spectacular. Judo. He's Canadian judo. That's what it was. <laughs> I guess it was like the most played clip in Canada. Like people were super stoked about it. Because he beat him with politeness. Yeah. Like it's the ultimate <laughs> Canadian move. Like, <laughs> that really is. He literally killed him with... Well, yeah. he didn't literally kill him with kindness. But he won. That would have been if he like fell... And cracked his head open. It carried him to the hospital where they have socialized health care. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but he wouldn't have made it through the wall that he built because I can't imagine it stopping in Mexico. I imagine it going around like Canada and then him being upset at the idea of water landings and just like continuing it through the whole border. Just going to go straight up each coast and right, right. meet in Minnesota. And then Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> They get their own their mini walls. <laughs> they just like detonate the edge of it so that they set it off afloat and then like, <laughs> take these tugboats and push it onto the mainland so that they can protect it from all the Mexicans. This seems like a, a classic Trump <laughs> move, right? Here. The Mex- Mexicans are terrifying. They they have very large hands. And I think <laughs> it, it intimidates. I think, yeah, I think it's it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so this this is kind of crazy. We've been hearing that they're going to spin off Game of Thrones when it's done. Ooh. We've got this upcoming season and then one more and it's done. So they're not in a rush, but they're developing something right now. They're looking at four different spinoffs right now. Oh, are they going to do like the prequel crap? They're going to go all the way back to We the... don't know, but we know there's... Well, you've only got so many directions you can possibly go. There's basically four things that they're looking at. They said for sure... It's not going to be set during the timeline of this show. It like They said it's going to be somewhere in George R.R. R. Martin's world, and uh, they didn't set a time or a place. Four separate? That seems No, no, no. They're not doing all four. They're looking oh, at the four Oh, these are the ideas. Options. Okay, okay. Because I was like, man, I've got enough characters to keep track of as it stands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't need four more shows. <laughs> and I hope, I hope they're just picking one. That was the impression like, I got. Kind of the... As uh, the Silmarillion version of of Game of Thrones. Oh God, no! I hope not. Well, that, that seems like a legitimate. A you go into their early mythology, like where the White Walkers, because they've given, shown us a little bit where the White Walkers came from. Like, that, I would be really interested. Oh, yeah, in that would be that would be pretty cool. Back in the very beginning, like the wall being built, and I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested in knowing how the. Um, and I guess I guess it's a little in the book, but I'd be interested in knowing like the King of the White Walkers, like exactly how that went down right, all the stuff right. behind it. I would be interested in something like that. Or if you take place like a hundred years later, like uh, Game of Thrones, the next generation. <laughs> Mad Max Game of Thrones. Riding around and modded out dragons. and Yeah, and what I like about that idea is if you do it afterwards, um, you're really not worrying about continuity right, at right. that point. I mean, like stuff happened and it happened a long time ago, so maybe you can have like passing references to it, but it's like I don't I don't like it sometimes where they're just like, guess how we're gonna connect this up. Right, like uh Rogue One. <clears throat> <laughs> no, I liked Rogue One. Well, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What did you not like about Rogue One? Uh, beginning, Share the middle, the and the end, and uh, all the little parts other than that. Oh, man, we should have some really great cameos of characters that we didn't give a fuck about in the first place. <laughs> hey, you know what would be really cool? A uh, Jedi that we... It's not, though, so... But he, he says the Force a lot. 
I knew. Oh man, you know we should have like some just pointless guy with a big gun. Hey, you know uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Let's have him talk like this. I mean, I'm sorry. I thought that was classy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was no, the best I want Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog would have been great to see in that. I want to see like, <laughs> I want to see a deadly Forrest Whitaker, not this weird howling shell of a former badass. I uh, know it was in a cookie cutter like mm. wannabe Ray type angsty lead. How did how did Saw Gerrera sound in uh, uh, the Clone Wars? Because you were watching the Clone Wars, right? I and he's don't a remember. character from it. Because I I heard somebody saying like he made Maybe that choice because that's what the character sounded like. But uh, then it was countered with like he did that exact same voice in another movie that came out the same year. So I don't know what's true. Hmm. I, I just don't know. I'll have to go back and rewatch The Clone Wars because that's totally worth it. That is a great series. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm like nine in. Yeah. I'm slowly. So did slowly you, you watch the away. initial movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Started with the movie. The last season is so good. It's so good because you know everything that's about to happen and everybody's like, you think there's the possibility of having a happy ending. And then you, the whole time in the back of your head, you're like, nope. Nope. This is just all going to be shit. Like, Vader is going to rise and everybody is going to die and it's going to be miserable. But like, it just gives you so much hope and that's what makes it somehow powerful for a cartoon. That it's going to end terribly. Yeah, and it gives you hope up until the very, very end. Don't they kind of give you a character that you don't really know with too? Well, I mean, uh, Obi-Wan's Padawan. I can't remember her name, but... Oh, Ahsoka? Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's Anakin's. And that's the worst part of it oh, yeah, because sorry, they, like, they have to like make it. I, know, I just I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, but uh, no, they handle that well. They like, but that's what I'm saying. Isn't that part of it though? Like that you don't know her fate. Like you add in those characters. So yeah, I wonder if they left that open so they could spin that off. Or I think she might be in. Oh, so Rebels. they didn't even really like address it. No, whether she dies or not. No. Oh, interesting. Wait, maybe they did. I can't remember. No, because I think she's in Rebels. Yeah, like, that's what I thought. Pretty sure she's main character or one of the main characters. Oh, I should watch Rebels. In Rebels, again. yeah, I need to check, I need to catch up with the Rebels. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I gotta finish Clone Wars and then I gotta get on this. And, and you then... need to watch Preacher. You need yeah, to watch Preacher, I know. man. Oh man, <laughs> I was gonna watch it yesterday and then stuff happened and I couldn't. But uh, Andrea was wanting to go off on a rant about Preacher too. She doesn't share your enthusiasm. She uh, she feels about it as you feel about Rogue One. Yeah, but she's wrong, too. <laughs> I know a lot of people that are just wrong a lot of the time. <laughs> no, I, Preacher was the only reason I didn't like the... The only thing that I have to say that I didn't like about Preacher was the main character. He's got the attitude-ish, but uh, it's not his baby face. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Something sets you off. Yeah, he was supposed to, he's supposed to be Clint Eastwood-esque, like haggard and like the sun and I don't know. But the casting was spot on for everybody else. Everybody's just despicable in it. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't... I haven't. I, I watched the pilot, and I didn't know what to make of it because mm-hmm. it was just a pilot. And I think that's the kind of show that you ha- probably have to go a couple in because they really don't explain anything. I feel like you and I didn't should, read the comic, so... I feel like you should read the comic just yeah. to know like what a god-awful, horrible uh, experience all these people have and how much... You're not going to have to deal with that in the show. Like it's it's so <laughs> <laughs> it's so vanilla compared to like what how just god horrible the uh, the the comic is. How cruel he is to his characters. Yeah. No. Uh, 
Yeah, Garth Ennis is not very nice. Uh, that's where they fucked up with the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Was they based it off of his run in Punisher, but then they made Punisher like pretty nice until right, the end, and right. it's like no, like that's really not Frank Castle. Yeah, he's a, he's a dark, scary, awful person. And- yeah, I think they hit his tone pretty well in Daredevil um, because yeah, no, he's a great Punisher. Yeah, and they did a really good job, I thought, with like. Uh, Trying to like tie. First off, you can't have a Vietnam War anymore. I know, like some people what? wrestle with that, but it just doesn't make sense anymore. Right, right. Like it's it's He's still, not seventy five. <laughs> it's Walk still kind of weird that well, Captain America the, uh... is a veteran of World War Two, but at least he was frozen in the ice for a while. But like the equivalent to when they rolled out Captain America uh, from World War Two. Like back in what the early seventies, like late sixties, when they when they reintroduced him, that's like the equivalent to like the Persian Gulf War for us, right? So Vietnam right. is like time. super ridiculous when you think about that. Mm-hmm. That'd be like Captain America's grandpa. It's weird. Well, maybe not grandpa, but Captain America's dad. If they did it that way. So I can't remember in the show. Is he from? He can't be from Vietnam. He's a young guy. No, uh, Iraq the- War veteran. Okay, okay, yeah. So it it makes sense, yeah. Or maybe it's even Afghanistan, I don't, one of the two from that era. Mm. But he's like clearly shell shocked and uh, or sorry, uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. PTSD is that what we say? <laughs> Got some of the PSD. What's, yeah. What's the past tense for PTSD? Now? Well, the the sad part is there there isn't. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. We just made uh, George Carlin had a good point about that. Uh, he was talking about how, like, in World War One, it was, like, shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. And they kept coming up with names with it, and they'd get longer and longer and longer. Now it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. But he's like, every time you you make it longer and longer, it takes away the effect of what it does to a person mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what when other people hear it. It's just, like, it lessens the effect. So you're not really doing it justice by, by lengthening the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's no... There's no use in trying to be more specific about it. It is what it is. It's a pretty um, undefinable thing from the outside. Like You only really know what it is. And I say that because I, I don't know what it is. But but I can see when there's obviously something that they're experiencing that I have no fucking clue. Yeah. What's, I can't relate to it. That's actually what my yeah. wife is. Uh, she's studying to, to treat people with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she's on a sabbatical right now. But hopefully be getting back on it. The government lets us <laughs> fucking grants. We never get those. That's mm. the problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey Brandon, did you ever see Hellboy? I've seen both of the Hellboy. Okay, have you ever seen the like read the comics or anything? No, you okay. know I don't read comics. Come on, <laughs> yes you do. Very rarely. <laughs> well, they're saying that Hellboy is going to be rebooted, and the reason is Guillermo del Toro wanted to make a third Hellboy, and he wanted too much money for the budget, and I think it was a sticking point but with him. it would him. have been so good. Yeah. Well, his point was, for the third one, he wanted to, to make it about the apocalypse. Oh, it would have been so good. Yeah. The apocalypse, and was it 1994? Was that when the apocalypse was in I Hellboy? think it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in the comics. Right in the middle of a Blossom episode. Yeah, he's still, he's still doing the comics. Like For people who have never read the comics... He he does like a book and the author like does them out of order, 
But then at one point he was like, he just decided fuck it and uh, did the story of the world like basically ending. And I think Hellboy like stops it at the end. Right, right. But uh, I never actually read the book. But so the he comic dies. books are hard to read. Yeah, they're, no, uh, they're like they're like literature. Right, right. Yeah. Um, no, I've tried many times, and I just I can't get into them. It's it's dark. It's twisted. It's it's definitely not your standard kind of popcorn comic book fare. Yeah. I've read it a little bit. Um, I think it's okay if you like read it a book at a time, but it's not something you can even read like two books at a time. It's just too right. much, it's too dark and too dense. Like everything is just like fucking. De- it's not like the movies, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> like the well, that's what are, I loved about the movies. It captured yeah. that weird kind of like avant garde feeling, and then made it digestible in a in an hour and a half, two hour yeah. long session. Yeah, like they they sort of presented the ideas, but instead of being all like poetic about everything it was just like nope we're just gonna make it a popcorn action well they could have well i think they rode the line because they could have gone full like league of extraordinary gentlemen oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't they cautionary they, tales they were real that. close they were they were they still made it uh accessible to the general public and but it was still like hellboy yeah this is weird sand filled assassin guy nazis <laughs> Demon guy. <laughs> That's the thing you always have, like when you read the comics. You just have to take a, a minute to figure out where the hell they're at in the timeline. But uh, eventually, he kills off Hellboy, and then at a certain point, he decided to continue the adventures of Hellboy. But he's dead, so it's like in hell from there. <laughs> yeah, on. All right, all right. Uh, I I never read any of those either. Like I keep wanting to read those ones, but I have no clue which books to pick up. So if anybody knows, please comment. <laughs> let me know. But um. Anyway, so because Guillermo del Toro wanted to do the apocalypse, he wanted a big budget. Uh, this is a recurring theme with Guillermo del Toro late, lately. He wants to do a sequel to something. The studio says how much you need for it. Guillermo del Toro tells them. They say, how about like half of that? And Guillermo del Toro says no. And then it ends. It dies on the vine like over and over again. Yeah, he's been trying to get Hellboy 3 made for about years. 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. So they're they're gonna they decided that they're gonna reboot it. They're not gonna do a sequel because um they, we're just gonna go like they're gonna go full Fantastic Four on it or something. Like who are they gonna get to do it? He was perfect. So they're gonna get uh Neil Marshall. So he oh, did it says the, right there, huh? Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> I got notes. <laughs> uh he did the movie The Descent and then he also Was that the one with the all the girls in the cave? Yeah, they're spelunking in the cave. Right, and, right. Um they have like 10 different endings for it or something. Like the clue of horror movies? Kind of. like So in the theater, they had two different endings depending on which screening you went to. And you could see one of the two endings. And then on the DVD, I think they had like four endings for the movie. Huh. Which I don't know why they did that. So because they couldn't come up with one it's good like ending. like gimmicky <laughs> thing. Yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> I, I like that movie, but he's also he also wrote a bunch and directed a bunch of episodes of uh, Game of Thrones. Well, most important question is which ones? I don't know because if it's Red Wedding, I mean, fuck yeah. But if yeah. it's like anything with Brianna, any Tarth, random then- one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with Brianna Tarth, but no, that's actually a uh, episode. That's that's actually Taylor's hatred seeping over to me because I. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with her, but he despises her. Oh. And we've had enough discussions that I, I'm kind of starting to pick up on it. Uh, Brandon nailed it right there, though. 
the Bran, Bran episodes. Yeah, the the little kid oh, who like sees <laughs> visions and stuff. He was the worst, man. Oh. I was so happy when they like effectively wrote him out of the show for a season. <laughs> right, <laughs> that was right. great. And then well, they just had back. to bring him back for Hodor. That was pretty cool, though. I it do was, gotta say, I know, it was, was heartbreaking. Pretty... It was awesome. Like, it was well played. It just, a fucking brand. I got, <laughs> Come on, man. Like, all you had to do was listen to the guy, and Hodor would have been fine. He would have had a, a good, long, healthy, healthy life. And you wouldn't have been attacked by asshole, brand, dick move. Yeah, <laughs> total dick move. Uh, I got my brother a door wedge that says <laughs> Hodor on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's great. <laughs> Every time he sees it, he can just weep. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of depressing. But you know what? That door stays wherever it's supposed to be. That's right. It holds the it door. It holds the door. <laughs> <laughs> was it, I, Yeah, you know, I I wasn't shocked at the Hodor thing, but I was like super depressed. Like the Red yeah. Wedding thing was just shock. Like the Hodor thing was just like I wanted to cry. Like well, it was, uh, he, I mean, he's so cruel to his characters, and you never see it coming. Like that, the simple, the one innocent in the entire thing. Like you hope that the innocent one makes it. Like, nope, nope. He's just gonna, he's gonna have him be torn apart alive. Uh, the, you know that wasn't what really fucked me up about it. It was the fact that like. He went back in time and fucked up his entire right, life. Right, right. That's what really got to me. In every way possible, he destroyed this innocent, normal character <sighs> who had nothing to do with all the, the, the Game of thrones and all the bullshit and all of a sudden just got sucked into it and had the most horrifying existence because of Bran. Did you use Game of Thrones as a verb? You're like Game of Thrones. I can verb any noun I goddamn well please. All right, That's amazing. <laughs> I really like that. It's a thing. <laughs> well, <clears throat> moving on to a little more news because we, we still got to get to Guardians here. So, but we got a little more to trudge through. Um, so. We'll do a little bit of Star Wars. It's not Rogue One related, so don't worry. <laughs> Nothing worth watching is. Uh, so this is just one little tiny thing because I didn't have a lot of news. But uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, who's directing The Last Jedi, he asked J.J. Abrams to change the ending of The Force Awakens because he was he was just about to put out the movie. like He was still working on it, and he was like, you know, you putting BB-8 over there like makes it really hard for me. Can you put R2-D2 with Ray instead of BB-8? So they just switch that around. That's why they woke up R2? That's why they, that weird... No, like- that's not why they woke up R2, but that is like why R2 is with Ray when she goes to visit Luke, which makes more sense to me anyway. Don't you want the droids? Hey, the well, one honestly, that I kind of wish R2 had been there the whole time. Like he's BB-8's kind of like a you know, stand-in. He's just... I thought I was going to hate light. BB-8, but BB-8 was pretty funny. You know why you liked BB-8? Because he was basically R2. Like, mm, I, he has a better sense of humor than R2. I think R2's a dick. He's not as jaded. Well, love, I mean, R2 like, has R2's seen some dick. shit, all right? <laughs> yeah. He has seen some things in his existence. R2 has torched people alive <laughs> and had no problem Yeah, he learned it. from his boss, Anakin fucking Vader. By the way, that was the coolest, but like stupidest scene in the prequels i think was like r2d2 suddenly having jets and flying in the air and then like torching people and i'm like why is it that we never saw this like 
ever again from R2. Like all we saw was a little shocker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that was fun. That was funny. Uh, no, the flamethrower was a little dark. Like. <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas is just like, well, you know, myths and, and legends. and It's like, shut up, George. You're just making this shit off the cuff now. You know, maybe we, we shouldn't have this droid with a flamethrower. <laughs> Let's uh, take that out of R2 because we can't have that. By the way, that's one of the genius things in the Star Wars comic book that Marvel was doing. Um, or it's still doing, actually. I guess it was more in Vader. So they, they have this comic series called Vader, which is yeah. fucking badass yeah. brutal did Absolutely you get where, where they have like the the deadly droids at all like it's basically an evil c-3po and like an evil mech droid no it's kind of like r2d2 so like c-3po is basically a serial killer like okay. they, like all they right. have this one that looks like c-3po but he has all these like huge weapons and all these knives that come out of his his fingers and stuff and he's like He's always trying to like drain blood from everybody who runs across. It's just like insanely crazy. And then like the the other robot is like the most evil R two D two you could imagine. Like it almost makes me wonder if he swapped out for R two and. Did sequels. you ever play uh, Nice the Old Republic? No, no. So they've got a uh, they've got a few droids in that one. Uh, they've got you know your basic astromech R two D two stand in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they've also got like the assassin droid, uh, HK something, whatever, and he's real dark. But then the other one, they've got a, they've got a, one of the torture droids that you can have in yeah, your party, yeah, yeah. and he follows you around, and it's just this, he's uh, just being piloted by this evil, I don't know, like mercenary guy. Uh, but it's that's that's scary, like the the needle uh, uh, torture droid, something like. Uh, all droids everybody's got guns everybody's got weapons like just the needle that's that's still the most terrifying yeah. part no and he's got one for each finger oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so mad when he uh gets his arm knocked off at a certain point and steals c-3po's arm and then like he doesn't have any of the weapons or things in his arms but, all right all right yeah it, it's a pretty good read like i want to see more of those droids like i want to <laughs> see them in, in the upcoming movies. well as far as it's been the droids that have carried it through just about everything the only good thing about the rogue droid. one was uh alan tudyk playing uh that was the only <laughs> you part mean I even... steve the pirate steve the pirate yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you mean the boss from powerless no i mean steve the pirate <laughs> <laughs> who, who does he play in firefly Alan isn't he a fi- yeah? Is he isn't a fire- he the pilot? Yeah, have you guys never not seen? That? I don't like. I didn't know who he was I when I watched Firefly. I don't know if I'm on the right podcast. If you guys, <laughs> <laughs> I saw Serenity. All right, all right. Um, I saw a scattering of episodes. I probably saw two thirds of them. I did not see them in the order. The best part about the the Firefly shows is what it was building up to. Serenity, mm-hmm. Serenity nailed it. It was great. I don't. I'm not one of the people who wishes that he'd reboot it or whatever. It was it was really well done movie. Yeah. It was perfect. No, I was just so he was like the main guy in that then? No, he was just the pilot. Oh, he's he was the like pilot. the quirky pilot guy. Okay. Like he was the quirky droid guy and the quirky pirate guy. Quirky boss and quirky, powerless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. <laughs> Nobody else does either. <laughs> My kids really, really love it, so I watch it week after week. But um, okay, moving on. So you have read American Gods many so times. We wanted to get some many of your times, opinions. Yeah, Eli and I did not see the second episode for various opinions. I saw it. I watched it today. I studied. Oh, you did watch? Yeah, I did it. my homework. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about it. like don't don't tell us about the episode, but like tell us 
So you've read the book. I know you have opinions about this. They, they're close. I mean, so the book was written at a time when, like, cell phones weren't a thing. So they're having to kind of work cell phones into it. It was like 01. I, I bought the paperback the yeah. other day. So it was like um, 01 that it came out. The thing out. that I noticed, like, all right, so they decided to call him Shadow Moon. And I was really bothered by that at first because, like, oh, that's fucking dumb. Like, that's really, come on. And uh, I realized why they did it. And they gave him, like, this hippie mom, which wasn't in the book. Like, he's got this super Afro, like, <laughs> ridiculous. And I can relate because all my all my mom and her friends were all super hippies back in the day. Uh, they gave him the name Shadow Moon because it's the only way to legitimize the name Shadow at all. Because it's kind of like a middle schooler's idea of what a cool name is. Like you can buy it with the gods having weird names. But right, right. Really but just this dude, like, like person. you're not going to meet someone named Shadow and be like, that's a badass. You'll be like, ah, man, like, too much time on the internet? I'm like, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Call me Phoenix. Yeah, you expect him to talk like, no, they gave him a hippie mom so they could call him Shadow, and it was legit, and it worked. And yeah, it was good. They've, they've managed to kind of work it all in. And uh, what's his name? Odin. Uh, Swear Engine. What's his oh, name? Oh, uh, uh, Ian McShane. Oh, so fucking good. So yeah. awesome. I just, I'm, I'm so happy to watch him be that growly, detestable badass. And he just plays it so well. Yeah, he's good in everything yeah. that he does. Because he's a detestable asshole. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but somehow so fucking charming when he does it. Except for the weird Game of Thrones episode where he was a, a religious leader. I didn't, I, I didn't understand why that was a thing, but... That was a thing because uh, I think they were just like, hey, we're going through the stables of HBO people and we can make a lot of money right, or offer ratings from this episode from people who haven't jumped on yet, but they're like, what? Because I, I remember Deadpool? it was kind of a throwaway episode. It was just having him in it kind of made, and they had brought the hound back with that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a big thing because it was like we didn't know for sure if the hound was dead or not. I was maintaining he was not dead because right. if there's one thing I've learned with fiction, Well, they got to have the showdown. Yeah, if I learn, but if I learn with fiction, it's uh, you never ever kill somebody off screen. You just right, right. you don't yeah. do that. Well, no, like, it's got to be the showdown between the Hound of the Mountain. Yeah, and uh, I am <laughs> Taylor hates Brianna Tarth uh, mm. so badly. So I've my my hope my my prayer is that they fight each other till they're both wounded and weakened enough where Brianna just comes in and stabs both of them. I think that would be the most ignominious, ignominious, whatever uh, way for for them to go, and it would just make me so happy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, um, they do a good job. They've they've adapted it. There's some like the little asides uh, the, somewhere in America. They've got like the sex goddess that swallows people with her vagina yeah and that's weird and terrifying. yeah that's the thing that happens in the pilot brandon yeah well they All bring right. it back they've got like an extended like five minute vagina mowing scene in the second one where really? she's just like bunch of people dudes chicks like everybody's just like i know yeah it's uh <laughs> that's that's the one part that i i thought was really strange it was just this like five minute music video of her uh stuffing people inside of her and uh I, I don't. I didn't understand why they brought that back. I think they were just trying to like make the episode Longer. long enough. <laughs> and they figured the best way to do it was to bring back the uh, yeah. Did you think about more vagina suffocations? Yeah. <laughs> you know what this episode needs? <laughs> I'm gonna say a hundred percent more vagina execution. More execution via vagina. Uh, so no, that was a little over the top. They had uh, a scene at the beginning. So one of the things I loved in the book was they had this whole thing where uh, there's these uh, twin brother and sisters 
who became slave were separated, but they because they were twins, they were powerful, and that's what like uh, tied them to their gods. And like at one point, the bro- the boy gets his arm chopped off for like uh, rising up against the the slave owners, and so her arm withers. And uh, he eventually leads this revolution down in Haiti, and that's why Haiti is is free. It's because this man and he he had his gods from the old land, but the whole point was it was she came to America, and her gods couldn't protect her in America because you know that's the whole point of American gods is like there's no fertile soil for the right. old gods to grow, and uh, there was this whole part where she managed to like because of her uh, own personal power she was able to to rise up in the Americas. And it was it was a pretty powerful little like short story that that uh, Gaiman threw in there, and it was kind of just brought down to a um, a soliloquy by a, a Nancy who is the, the African spider god, and it was powerful, but it it lacked that intense punch that that short story because that's where where uh, Gaiman's power is is in his short stories they're so good, mm-hmm. and it it was close I, I got what they were doing they managed to adapt it. But it was not the same as as what he wrote in the book, and that's what I'm finding with these first two episodes. It's good, but it's not quite the same. And so, I mean, I'm going to be happy to see it. Do you think it, it has the potential to be as good as a book? Like, do you think after they sort of, I feel like I'm kind of biased, like because I was uh, I was a kid who read the book, and now I'm kind of coming back at it with an adult's eyes, and it's pretty cheesy. It's you know. But it's still good. Like I remember that kind of wonderment I had, like this amazing story of the, the gods fighting. And they are kind of capturing that wonderment. Uh, there's Zerbinog, the, uh, the, the I'm not certain where he's from, uh, Eastern European god of some kind with a hammer, and he plays him checkers to beat him over the head with a hammer. and uh, now, That's that, really intense. Is that the... Uh, the um, he's like a... The tw- nihilist in Big Lebowski here. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. 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 Okay. And his, uh, that his guy, accent. That guy's in it. I can't tell if his accent is awful or accurate. I've never heard an actual Eastern European accent that wasn't on oh. screen. So I don't know if it's it's an awful accent or if it's a really spot I on. I think accent. that guy is Eastern European. Then it's spot on, and I've yeah, yeah. right, right. Because he's also he plays the Swede in uh, Fargo, like in which I've yet to see, which I, I do need to, yeah. to watch. Right. Yeah. That is I. I know I keep saying it, but that is like a glaring hole. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I understand. I understand. I'm not saying you'll love it, but I'm saying like I'd be surprised if you did. Like, it's well, I feel like I should movie. like it. Like it's, it's Cohen's. Cohen's, yeah, yeah. And it's got like half the people from the Big Lebowski in it because right, right. they he was. Yeah. I think the Lebowski came after Fargo, right? Yes. Yeah. So they were just like, all right, we did something intense. Let's do something let's more light, fun. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, but it's still. I don't know. It's crazy, but. Yeah, him and Steve Buscemi, just like such a great one-two combo because it's just like, like the Swede never talks and he's just like gruff and like mad at everything. I think Buscemi I, never stops talking. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I think and I read like he, it was like twenty-four words he says in the entire movie, and then Buscemi says "fuck" over a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> and in real life, they're exactly the opposite. Steve Buscemi's a really introvert, in, introverted person. Yeah, and he the guy that plays the Swede is like you can't get him to stop talking. It's so weird how that <laughs> works. But that guy does look like he would be silent because he's he's scary. There's something about he's being scary, really. Big you know, if he that. talked a lot, teeth, he he would. Those teeth look like they're just ready to take a bite out of like a block <laughs> of granite, like an apple. And yeah, no, it's terrifying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, uh, I was saying like. 
the way he worked in Fargo, it wouldn't have worked if he talked more because he's such like a you intimidating person because right. you don't know what what he's gonna do. What he's about to take a bite out of. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Jaws from James Bond. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the the, oh, man. the big one. So we, yeah. we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm just going to set it out right now. Um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about spoilers, just yeah. turn off the podcast. This isn't for you. Typical su- superhero thing. Like, we are not going to spare anything for you. We're going to talk to our heart's content. And if you tuned in on Facebook Live after this morning... Uh, sorry, go fuck yourself. Sorry, <laughs> go FCC yourself. Yeah, yeah go FCC. No, yourself. seriously, check out that site though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let, let's just do a quick roundtable. Did everybody like it? I loved it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think loved is the right word. I loved it. Um, it wasn't as good as the first one, but no, it's, I, that's all right. That's fine. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's this is not a high theater. This is. I, I watched a great music video. Space Odyssey uh, misfit crew in the first one, and that's exactly what I wanted for the second one. And that's and what I, you got. That's what you got, and more. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you. I yeah. Well like, done, Mr. Gunn. Thank you. It's badass. I feel like the first one it was more grounded in um, a lot of their stories about like why they're kind of broken people, right? Right. right. And so, like, it's really <clears throat> everything kind of spurns from that. Well, having and character growth with like, this group of people is so like false. Yeah, like they're yeah. they're kind of they're they're look at them. They're just brightly <laughs> colored uh, cartoons, is what exactly they are, and that's that's why it works. Yeah, they're sitcom characters. They're music video characters. They're you're not supposed to take them seriously. They're just Drax, <laughs> his name's Drax. There's a talking tree. There's a talking <laughs> raccoon. Like set to some just fantastic pop hits from the 60s and 70s. What the fuck were you thinking, James? Like, well played. Yeah. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> the shit was amazing. Like, I really liked that movie. And so the thing was, is like, I knew it wasn't going to be as good as the first one. I wasn't expecting it because... Like it's you only get so. It wasn't many as surprising movies. as the first one. And yeah, that's, that's what it comes down yeah. to. Is like you're not we're, like we're used to it. There's no. Yeah, thing. we already know what everybody's deal is. Mm-hmm. So now it's like the continuing adventures, and I I'm down for more continuing adventures. I personally like, enjoyed the Drax movie. Yeah, very much, so. dude. Drax. So this you, is you know uh, how did he have the most character growth, like or the most revealing uh, of of his inner person. Yeah, what's what's amazing about it was um, with Drax, I think, was in the first movie, he has the funniest joke. He has the one that everybody talked about, mm. like the, the metaphor going over his head. Uh, Finger over throat means death. <laughs> <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so like he has the funniest joke, mm. but he was probably the least of the funny characters in the first one. And in this one, Everything he says, he just fucking nails. nails it. Yeah. Well, like, I was reading. It's just hilarious. After he found out he got the role, he's like, "Oh shit! Like this is real." And he started taking acting lessons and acting lessons and acting lessons. And I mean, good for him. He did a f- phenomenal job in the first one. He did an amazing job in this one. Whereas Chris Pratt, he, uh, he I mean, he's naturally charismatic. Just like yeah. he seems like the coolest guy to ever hang out with. He hit the gym, and he had to he had to go the exact opposite route of what uh, Bautista did. And he had to get, you know, yeah, because he had to look like a superhero. Cut. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's terrifying <laughs> yeah. looking. Uh, and no, he, so Peter Quill had to become a, a superhero, and he had to become an actor, which 
I mean, it's kind of cool to watch. That is kind of a fourth or fourth wall, whatever kind of way of looking at it. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I the whole thing with the nipples, like poor Drax's <laughs> nipples, you, you, dude. You know what's really ironic about that? He doesn't actually have nipples. Really? Well, that's a good <laughs> like point. The huh? character or uh, the character. well, when you see him on screen, he doesn't have nipples, oh, and okay. he's complaining about it through the entire movie. <laughs> I thought you meant Dave Bautista didn't yeah, have no, nipples. So he like, doesn't like to talk about no, it. No, because uh, all of, all of <laughs> it's actually a painful joke for him to make. He had to. <laughs> But he soldiered through. So. All of the latex and stuff covers up his nipples in the movie. Yeah, that's true. I just I can relate to that because I have these jerseys that uh, they're like the old school jerseys that have the holes in them. I cannot wear them; like my nipples will bleed. <laughs> like it's awful. Oh. It is just fucking awful. I have this jersey. So Bryce you will never jersey. be able to wear that jetpack without without a shirt on. No, dude. <laughs> I, like I laughed, but it was like a wince and a laugh because it was like I know I know what he's. Going I know where for. you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Tracks. I get you. That, I felt that pain every time I slipped that jersey over my nipples and it's like ah it's right wear a tank top with it it just takes out the whole point of a jersey unless you're in a game right, right. I'm just saying then, <laughs> then your nipples better be bleeding because you're giving everything that's that right all that nipple if your nipples aren't bleeding field. you're not playing the game you're leaving that nipple juice on the field <laughs> i never want to hear the words nipple juice <laughs> it got worse if you had talked over me i was gonna say nipple blood but then i was like i was like all right i gotta top it in case somebody heard that <laughs> um wow let's see. we just got <laughs> the rails all here. right um, i think Okay, so if there was anything negative about the movie, I would say it was that I didn't really care about Chris Pratt's story that much in it. Like, no. Star-Lord's story with Kurt Russell. It was, like, interesting at first, and then I was just like, ugh, I know where this is going. Like, that was the only part of the movie that sort of drug for me. Yeah. But, I mean, I th- I think the same can be said in the past one. Like, the whole thing with the Nova Corps. Like, you didn't really care about the Nova Corps. You maybe felt No, like I didn't. And <laughs> it, was, it was just... Uh, Chris Pratt, it doesn't. His character, Star Lord himself, isn't a very interesting character. It's everybody else and kind of like their their interactions that make uh, Guardians interesting. Star Lord is he summates his character right at the very beginning of the first one. Like he dances around, he's a good dancer, blah blah blah. And then you know what are you doing here? He's like I'm Star Lord. Who? Right. But what I did see, what I did like with Star, because I'm not saying like Star Lord sucked in this movie. Like, no, by, no, no, by no, no means. It's just do I he's, mean that. he's the basis. Like, he's um, the backdrop. Yeah. Like, he's, I guess, the closest to a main character that they that have. Is, yes. I mean, his plot drives the movie. Yeah. Right. But, like, I thought his, his relationship with Yondu, which wouldn't have been possible without the rest of it, I thought that was really interesting. Like, because Yondu killed it. What's his, what's the Michael, Michael Rooker. Rooker? Yeah, yeah Michael Rooker just kills. Awesome it. job, yeah. And and I also thought uh that you know Chris Pratt did a good job bouncing off of him too. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked that stuff. I thought that was strong. It was just like the getting to that was a little bit of like it was like eating Cracker Jacks to get to the prize when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to eat Cracker Jacks. <laughs> like, I like Cracker Jacks. Like yeah. Jacks. Really? <laughs> And the prize. I, just, I it's win-win. Ever, See, I, I didn't care much for the prize. Cause you, it was like oh, the a, prize was shit, too. <laughs> it was like, it but was, you won something, and you got Cracker Jacks. It was like yeah. eating... It was like eating cardboard to get to like a cardboard prize. It was just like, why am I doing this to I myself? really liked cardboard. I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I feel like that's... <laughs> 
That's fair enough, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't debate That's that. where my, my interest lies. Uh, but I think uh, what, what summated uh, Chris Pratt and Star-Lord in the entire movie, like I knew what he was going to be and who he was going to be for the rest of the movie with the uh, gratuitous shirt off scene at the beginning, which is funny because it's so reversed now where, you know, I was, that's what I looked forward to in eighties movies was some girl gratuitously taking her shirt off. And now it's, now it's Chris Pratt doing it. And Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Evans, all Chris the Chris's. <laughs> Chris Pine. You must have watched Saturday yeah. Night. <laughs> no, I didn't. Really? Is that a joke in there? No, they literally in uh, the SNL this week, because uh, Chris Pine was hosting, he was like, went through all of the the different like uh, uh, male driven leads, like Chris Pine, the Chris, Chris's Chris, that are uh, all, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, and just like, oh no! And that was the premise of his entire monologue. I had no idea. That was just something I came up with on my own. <laughs> no, for real, I had no idea. <laughs> I did watch a sketch that uh, somebody put up that was like talking about Star Trek on uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, can we talk about that for just like a half second? Yeah, let's do it. That it's really weird. They don't have an Asian character on. They've like a, never like, had a completely Asian uh, cast member. Yeah, like forty-two years, and they haven't had a single Asian member of Saturday Night Live. They've had. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about Star Trek, and I was oh, getting, I was feeling no, really. No, uh, yeah. you're like George Takei. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> is he? What is he? Is he but it, it, it's really funny because in the original season of Saturday Night Live, it was they the, did they did a, a a cast member filled in for Sulu, and that same person is still on the show 41 yeah, years a, later he's a set decorator and uh like they, they had him fill in for sulu like four or five times during the the run of the show and so like they just had him again and now he's like all old and fat and he's still <laughs> playing sulu and they like made kind of a joke about it like they have him finally deliver a line which is something like it's like that guy just came out of nowhere yeah i don't and, recognize like, no explanation <laughs> yeah and everybody laughed because it was like nobody had any idea who this guy is but yeah apparently he's done it for like five Five times over the forty-two years of Saturday Life. That's fantastic. I soon. really, really like that. I will that say that makes least, me happy. At least they got an Asian dude. I'm not. I'm not patting Saturday Night Live on the back, but at least they got an Asian dude. That's the, cl- the closest they the got. There was a set decorator. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's not good. well. I yeah, mean, like Fred Armisen's half Asian. I think he's a quarter. Is maybe he's quarter. Yeah, and then there was one other cast member that was half. Asian. Yeah. And that is as close. <laughs> yeah, it's Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy yeah. We had no idea. <laughs> All those times you thought he was being racist and raw. No. 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 He happens to be gay and Asian. And, uh, All right. He also happens to be James Brown and Bill Cosby. <laughs> All right, I made it weird. Sorry. Okay, so back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, what, what, what was your favorite part, Brandon? Uh you know, I was actually going to go back to what kind of bothered me about the movie. Okay. The music wasn't very good. Oh, uh, I think it was overused. I don't think it was. Re- they started off with ELO, man. That is you the know, greatest you band know, there, there, ever to walk the there planet. There was three songs in there that stuck with me. ELO's Mr. Blue Sky. Mm. And that entire sequence was awesome. Mm. <laughs> Um, I liked Brandy. 
Brandy, Brandy was, was well, good. It was necessary for the whole plot. I like the chain, but it's way and, too overused. And like the it, chain it was my third too one. overused for that one. What was the one for? Uh, uh, they did during the the trailer. Was I that, think it was the chain. Was that the chain? Okay. okay. Yeah. You don't love me now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just love music from that era. Yeah. Like I, I, I had my first two cars. I only had an AM radio. So for like from fifteen years old, to I think like. 21 years old i only listened to the oldies station in on am and helen those are my one speaker and so all those songs were like <laughs> those are my jams those are that was all that's what i actually relate to is, is music we should get enough. together and listen to some yacht rock sometime we should never do it's, that it's, no, we should hang out on a yacht and listen to some am radio <laughs> well that's what do you think's gonna play on the am radio there's so much yacht rock oh, that's man. that area you're talking Summer about in the are city. you talking about like am gold I don't know. It was, uh, was like yacht rock. Six? Yacht rock is like right in the middle of like that era. I might like with yacht rock. I might. I just yeah, might like not know anything it. with Michael McDonald, Christopher Cross, fucking. Uh, I like Chris Cross. Yeah, there you go, dude. Yeah. The Chris Cross. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> anyway, I thought the soundtrack was good. I just thought it was inferior to the previous one. Definitely. I think it was just unsurprising. Like, we, it, yeah. we were taken so aback by the entire first movie. It's not just unsurprising, though. Like, the first one was spearheaded by More Than a Feeling. And, right, and it's and hard that's to... that's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of power to that in the way they used it, too. didn't get enough credit until that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this one, they used a lot of songs that definitely got credit. What was the Sam Cooke song they used, though? That was a good... Uh, was it... These arms of my no, that's Otis Riley. I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh Christ! That's um, the one he dances with Gamora yeah, too, yeah. though, right? Um, and then uh, the one that they're playing, driving like something about the the roads, this little town. That's like a super unknown song. It might not have been like a pop hit, but it, it fit that scene really well. You could tell James Gunn like loved this music. Yeah, loves this music, and he he loved putting it as a plot device into it. So that's the one thing that I'm I'm very sad about is that. Uh, so the first one I love making, I loved when I was younger making uh, mix CDs. I love making for people I knew. That was like a big oh, present yeah. around Christmas. Like, and it took time, and there is an art to mix CDs. When you got a girlfriend, you made her. You absolutely, CD. yeah, yeah. And uh, and you decorate that thing. You you don't just put like mix CD number four on it. Like you you stickers or something, smiley faces. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but with the uh, with giving him the the Zune. Like that's the that's the end of the uh, the mixtape. Yeah, but and now he's got three hundred songs, and so they can they can shotgun whatever they want. And yes, there will be Britney Spears. You're goddamn right. There's gonna be Lady Gaga but for the you next pointed one. Out, you pointed out like like at least I use a Zune, which is like the worst. <laughs> the worst. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I called that one. You could you no, could that was well played. Well played. One. I don't think I did it on the podcast, but I was like, he's gonna get an iPod or something. Some but kind of MP3 I called player. it wrong because I was like, I thought that they would do it in Infinity War. I thought that Iron Man would get really annoyed that he was still using a cassette player and he was going to be like, here, and like throw him like an MP3 player just so he wasn't listening to fucking... Oh, that's the other thing I loved. I loved how much uh, all the rest of the characters love the music, too. Yeah. Like, the whole point of the whole opening scene is like, no, that's seriously... Rocket, what are you doing? Like, seriously, like there's an interdimensional beast coming. It's like, no, we got to have the music. Like, we have to have the music. This is my Peter jam. like, no, I actually agree with Drax. And then Baby Groot. Just had, that opening sequence was so great. Let's talk about this for a second. You have Baby Groot 
dancing the whole time, which everybody loves. But then you have this giant sequence that would normally... I'm going to be honest, dude. Sometimes with those action sequences... I guess sleepy because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like fuck, like okay, over the top. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like I sometimes I like them if they do something, but most of the time I'm just like sort of getting through them because I like the characters, the superheroes mm. better than I actually like the fights in the movies. I don't know why. It's just like the action feel- sequences are important, but it's not. Yeah, I want to see more than that. They're, they're crucial to it, but it's like... My Michael least... Bay, are you listening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my least favorite part. But what was so great about that is there's this giant battle going on, and you really only get glimpses because, like, it's just it's all about the music. Baby Groot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a perfect segue since the, the other movie ended with Baby Groot dancing. Yes. <laughs> and then it's moved perfectly. All right, he's going to continue dancing, and here we go. <laughs> space battle but what's really important it's still trying to pretend to not move around drax yeah so what is that like why Just is he fucking with drax i guess well i don't know like is he is he does he think that because remember drax says uh uh he he knew that he loved his wife because she was the only one not dancing <laughs> and uh so maybe Groot knew that and so he wants drax to respect him and so whenever Drax is looking, he stops dancing. Like, oh. So what you're saying is he's going to do a lot of dancing now that he's teenage Groot? No, no he's going to do that. He's just going to slump around. <laughs> oh, my God. Like when they, Let's talk about those mid or the, the end credit sequences. Five of them. How about like, the uh, Kleenex full of pollen? <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't oh, catch my that. God. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. Well played, Mr. Gunn. I'm gonna have well to watch played. that again. Just well, that's that's what I love about James Gunn. Like he, this movie was so dark. It was so dark. Like there's a huge scene where it's just a raccoon and Yondu murdering people, just hundreds upon hundreds of people in like horrible ways, like just gunshot through the face or like the the arrow going through everything. Like that was, and he made it fun and funny. Yeah. I don't know how he made it fun and funny. Like I kept finding myself drawn out of it, like halfway through the scene. Like, holy shit, this is this is really really. This is his crew, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been leading these people for years, (laughs) but yeah, no, game over. I guess. All right. Well, and Sean Gunn, like, uh, so that that's yes, he's the brother of James Gunn. He does Rocket Raccoon, and then he does the sort of rednecky first mate of Michael Rooker, Rooker. So he's a guy. So I, what I was going to get to is like I love the little details that James Gunn puts in his movies because like there's a scene in the first one where like there's all this talking and then like you hear quiet cat we're going to teach you stuff like, <laughs> like that like he's so good at like throwing those little buttons into things but I thought Sean Gunn was really funny in this movie oh, too definitely. which I didn't didn't expect at all uh, he was really good like he did. Uh, I don't know. Like they showed like his relationship with uh, um, Yondu, mm-hmm. and sort of like how he is kind of a stand-up guy, and how he also cares for Peter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it could have just been this like one-dimensional Joe character, but they actually like fleshed him out a little bit, and it looks like he's actually going to be a player in the next one. I mean, didn't they sort of give that impression? I feel like he'll well, he's be... still on the ship. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like he's just going to be guy on the ship. But they gave him the ship. They gave him the arrow. Like right, right. I feel like he's gonna be uh, uh like uh, what's his name, Chief O'Brien. I feel like he's gonna be okay. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's the direction he's going. Like, maybe, so they're gonna spin him off to deep space. They're gonna nine. torture him <laughs> and <laughs> and maybe make him a hero every once in a while, but mostly just take that away and like hurt him. 
<laughs> yeah, he's really good at getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but he also does Rocket, which is uh, crazy because you see that really tall guy, and it's like hard right. to imagine yeah. that he also does Rocket Raccoon. But uh, I love that kind of behind the screen behind the green screen kind of crap that's mm. in that movie. But I don't know. That movie was just like well done all the way through. Yeah, it was sharp. It was fun. I love that they had the little Adam Warlock thing in yeah. there. Yeah. And it was funny because we were talking about it in the movie. My buddy, uh, he, he doesn't know much about it. I'm like, well, they got to introduce Adam Warlock. Um, you know, he's the guy who actually like, you know, kind of does a lot. He's a main player in the Infinity Wars. And I was like, I imagine they'll introduce him in like the next Avengers or something. Literally seconds later is when they're like, there's they the, show the split. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No cocoon though. Eh, it's kind of a cocoon. It was like it's a sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No cocoon. <laughs> I don't feel it's like the cocoon coming. was the most important part. Uh, it's his defining characteristic. That's, it will not because he's reborn over and over again. Yeah, he's got the the chamber dude, the sarcophagus. Yeah, he's like a space vampire he was also introduced into the first one kind of they show his cocoon in the first one and uh where you see howard the duck and the slugs and all that oh okay yeah like they have a cocoon that's supposed to be him but i guess they just decided like uh maybe not right right you know they didn't introduce why why the hell did they have howard the duck in it again i mean i'm not complaining it was great (laughs) but like because it upsets people (laughs) (laughs) just to trigger people it's a space duck don't worry about it can I tell a quick story about that? Uh, so, the, this guy who is uh, one of the the main creators of Batman, the animated series, and I'm spacing on his name right now, but uh, he like he took his like his sister was always wanting to see any the the animated movies that he did, and he was always like he was always busy and never he never went to any of the premieres or anything. And so he worked a little bit on Howard the Duck, but he didn't see it or anything. And so he's like, well, we're doing a premiere. Do you want to go see it? And she's like, yeah. So they went to Howard the Duck, and when it was over, she punched him in the arm really hard. And was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then so like, she was so appreciative because right. he brought her to such a good movie. <laughs> we'll put that on hold. Uh, so then like he never went with another movie with her. And then he got tickets to guardians of the galaxy and he had nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. Like nothing at all. But mm. because he's a name in comics, they like threw him an invitation. He did some stuff with Marvel and, uh, he's the one that created Harley Quinn, by the way, like that, that was his baby, but in the comics and in the, the show. But anyway, so he invites his sister to guardians of the galaxy and they sit down to watch it, and it's like the premiere, and they watch it, and then he's like, we should say through the credits, there's usually something at the end. She's like, okay. And he has no idea. And then they show <laughs> Howard the Duck, and she just punches him in the arm super hard again. Again, out of gratitude. Right. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, man. Do you know that that movie literally started a fight between studio executives? Like, they went out in the parking so... lot and oh, had a fist so fight happy. over who greenlit that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were arguing that the other one because they were really excited that yeah no they're trying to take credit for it because it was fucking great. It's such a bad movie. <laughs> no, the uh, who's the, who's the 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 evil scorpion dude? Like, what's his, he's the the the, the scientist he's the principal who, like, off starts, of yeah. uh, some like the guy who's a child molester. Yeah, that life? guy is he? Oh great, yeah. Jesus! He's uh, also in Deadwood. <laughs> Be the one cast member not returning if they do a movie. Right, right. Well, at least they got a villain. I mean, <laughs> so what about that guy? He's, it wasn't he a fucking teacher on a yeah, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that if 
come on, like make that guy the bad guy. It was perfect. This weird, like. <laughs> I here's the thing. There's not. I can't name anything that I hate about that movie individually. It's just like, it's not a he good knows, movie. He knows Quack Fu. <laughs> Can you? He's got a condom in his wallet. I remember that. Uh, I remember <sighs> duck boobs. Yeah, yeah duck boobs. I liked it when I was a kid, but I, even as a kid, I'm like, who are these duck boobs like for? Confused boner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know why I'm attracted to this. <laughs> and she was clearly like an older duck because I think she had like the, the frilly pink thing that covered her head and stuff. Like, there ain't no young duck boobs, like <laughs> pink frilly thing. It's just old ducks, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to end this. <laughs> so, I, I last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, oh, okay. the Watchers. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. I didn't want to to skate over that. Um so it looks like they basically made Stan Lee officially a watcher. No, no 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 no. He's so if you I wish they did. If that. you checked out the credits cuz I that's been something Well, they, they basically about. left him. <laughs> okay, <Right>. so <laughs> but what happened was um I read in the Okay, so I read this thing talking about it cuz I've heard this before, the theory that Stan Lee is a watcher and the Marvel movies, and that's why he goes between all of them. Mm-hmm. And so they heard that theory, and they thought it was really funny, so they wrote that scene to sort of address that. But if you read the credits, he's known as informant. Like, they have mm-hmm. at, like they have watcher, 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 and then informant. So he's not a watcher. He's an informant he to the He works for the watchers. Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's what they're basically tipping off in this. And he's just some crazy person describing all these ideas that he had for him comic book but i did check on this and we're still not sure how it happened but the watchers are definitely a fox property like i remember seeing that being like i thought fox owned the watchers they do yeah. like it, it premiered in Some 1963 like a fantastic four thing yeah. yeah it was a issue where uatu uh the the main watcher he sees that earth is going to get to consumed by galactus and he steps in does he say yeah he yes steps in. he steps yeah. in and lets reed richard knows the... how to um use the nullifier to mm. to uh distract galactus or whatever so he doesn't eat the planet and uh so he is definitely a fox property so that had to have been in that deal because they used ego who is also a fantastic four mm. villain and they use the watcher. So I'm just like always, I'm glad that the studios are playing nice with each other. Now. Right, right. We got Spider-Man. Well, Marvel got Spider-Man, yeah. By the way, that trailer, that, did you see it in 3D, Brandon? I know you didn't. Yeah, I did. No. What did you think about the Spider-Man stuff in 3D? Oh, I'm so ready for that movie. Yeah, I was like, because I was like looking at the trailer, I'm like, all right, I've already seen this. Like I was just wishing times, for Amazing care. Spider-Man 3. Oh God! He's just trying to make me. I mad want more now. electro. Is what I want. <laughs> more electro. More electro, please. Oh, electro! <laughs> I need some Jamie Fox yeah. in my, my Spider Man movies. It's not Spider Man movies without a brooding asshole as Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, all right. Well, this is probably a good place to cut it off. So take it easy. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, you bet. Boy. Boy, what's up with the outro music here? It's all delayed. Boy. Upset. It's almost as like if somebody was caught watching duck boobs. <laughs> duck boobs isn't respecting the outro. It could be. 
Put them on your laptop. Put them on your phone. Put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Well, Strap, it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism. Montucky Skies. I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network. 